0: Episode 151, everybody, with Birdie Lynn, and really appreciate this uh, courage to come on and share this story. Birdie has just released a book; it's available on Amazon, amongst other places. We've linked uh, the Amazon here in the show uh, show notes. It's called "Through the Storm of Early Trauma: Healing and Overcoming." And Birdie was kind enough to come on and sh- be vulnerable and share her traumatic experiences from childhood, at least some of them, uh, some very big ones. Of course, you will hear things that might make you cringe, uh, that will make you uncomfortable um, when you hear about the sexual abuse and the violence and the things that she was exposed to, uh, this is not for the faint of heart, but it's a tremendously powerful episode and one that reminds us to um, to not fear, to not fear or be ashamed of things that are put into our our lives, our paths, things that are quite often outside of our control. Uh, to address the demons as we get older because that is ultimately what will allow you to live a free and fulfilling and liberated life. And Bertie gets into all of that in this episode. If you haven't yet, everybody, please subscribe to The Optimal Life. Click subscribe wherever you're listening to it. Really appreciate the continued feedback, the continued support, and uh, love seeing the downloads coming in. We are, uh, the word's getting out. The little podcast that could, the little choo-choo train, you could hear them coming around the corner. Here we go, guys. Uh, Really appreciate it, and uh, I'm not going anywhere. We're not stopping. We're going to continue to inspire. We're going to continue to uh, have an impact on this society, on this uh, uh, planet Earth, For the short period of time that we're here I hope you continue to get value out of each episode And again I really appreciate all the support With that said everybody As promised Please be prepared to be blown away By this very emotional episode With the one and only Bertie Lynn
1: The Optimal Life
0: Uh, You have a memoir that just came out recently And uh, let's get right to it I know that you were inspired to write it To share a, a painful past but let's let's take us back. Take us back to um, what inspired you to write it, and how you led to uncovering some of these demons from your childhood.
1: I ultimately was inspired by a deacon at my church who said that I had a you know story that was relatable to other people, and that I should share it. And I'm very private, right? And so it took me almost probably a year and a half, I'd say. Um, to actually make the decision, I finally made the decision and um, decided to share. Um, and it took a lot of uh, getting over myself and making sure that um, you know, I it's it's bigger than me.
0: How, how did the deacon at the church know what happened?
1: Oh, um, I actually knew his parents. Okay. So I knew his parents, and I didn't know. Um, I didn't know of him, but, um, for me, um, he's the one that pushed, like, when we started to develop that, um, friendship from his parents, I had met him maybe, um, a few times, um, throughout the last, uh, the prior four years before that, because he's in the Navy, so he comes back in, and you know, it's, um, like, it's a church family, we're all, we volunteer
0: together, we worship together. But how do you get to the so point? That was something that I didn't feel uncomfortable sharing it. Um, but that,
1: but that was me like sharing my story just as and tes- and testimony just as if I would have shared it in a women's group.
0: Mm. So let's get to the story. Let's take us back to the childhood. Take us through some of the uh, Trump traumatic events from your childhood that you realized you carried with you into your adulthood and never addressed properly? What were some of those?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'd say one of the hardest things uh, for me to to have dealt with, um, or two of the hardest things I would say, would be um, you know, just being molested by my older sister. Um, I didn't come forward to my parents about that until my mid 20s um,
0: and that was when I was having nightmares about. You were you were molested um, by your older sister. What age were you molested?
1: I was molested at six.
0: Six years old. I'm so sorry. You six years old. You were molested by your old. How old is your older sister? Oh, um, she was about. She had to be like eleven, twelve. And when you like say that age, I know we were
1: like about five years apart. So
0: when, when you say molested, I mean yeah, about what, what, eleven. When you say molested, what were uh-huh. what were some of the horrific things that you were experiencing at that age?
1: For sure. Have you read the book?
0: No, I have not. No,
1: not yet. Okay. Um, so for anyone who hasn't read my book, when you are um, you know molested. Um, you go through things that people like. She definitely touched me in places that um, I did not want to be touched I hadn't been touched. I was just six year old, six years old. So that's something that, um, you know, I went through and.
0: When that's happening, do you, what? What's the? Do you remember the feelings? What's going on in your head at at such a young age? Do you remember those thoughts?
1: Um, definitely feeling uh, confused. Um, feeling as if, um, um, angry, um, biting it, <laughs> feeling confused, not knowing um, what to do, who to tell. Um and it's very intimate moments as I go into more depth in, in the book on those feelings.
0: You don't feel you don't want to share those moments here right now.,
1: um, it's all new for me, like my book just came out, so this is something
0: that <laughs> try um, to talk I'm about
1: getting used to um answering these types of questions so
0: it's hard it's hard it's hard to talk about
1: it is definitely hard to talk about I mean it's my life and but it's something that I'm you know willing to I didn't share these types of feelings with like um Daryl the the deep end who you know he encouraged me to write my story. I shared a surface you know, hey, you know this happened and this happened. So I didn't ever get into depth, I think that's something I got into with my counselor, Um, but I was willing to um, go a little deeper and dive a little deeper in order for uh, others, you know, um, others who have been in the situation that I was in to be able to relate to um, what... Like they, there's only there are keywords that you have to you know explain or feelings, and they instantly link up and understand.
0: How how for long sure. is this? So this just starts at such a ripe age for you at six years old. How mm-hmm. is this occurring regularly? Does this become part of your life growing up? What what's going on with that?
1: It it really did for about a year, uh, about a, almost a year and a half. It really did. Um, um, I'd say halfway into me being seven years old is when it when it stopped. And um, I had, <clears throat> I attribute it to personally um, two things. One, um, I was baptized and I started reading and um, singing praise and worship songs and just praying and all of that. And sh- my older sister got really weirded out um, about it. And like about me doing all of that, and she started to leave me alone, and then um, she discovered um, boys, and so
0: you know it, it just came to a stop altogether. Did so. you, did she ever say things to you in that 18 month period, like don't tell anybody, <laughs> or this is between us, better not tell our parents? Oh, like, for what? sure. Yeah.
1: Um, so, there were a couple of things going on there. Um, <laughs> so, I dealt with, um, with her I dealt with, if I didn't do something, she would take my toothbrush, right? And, you know, make me watch it, she'd throw it in the toilet, or, you know, drug it through roach crap. Um, she, there were, like my father, um was already kind of physically abusive towards her and um, it was so severe for me as a little girl to see him put her in chokehold and slap slap her in the face and and just all you know, the abuse that she was enduring that I would see that I fe- I feared for her life when she did say That he would, you know, kill her, Um, like you know, I can't tell. So, I mean, I believed it because look what I was looking at, you know, and I was just like, so it was kind of like I was almost protecting her as well. It was like Mm. I loved her as my sister. I didn't know why she was, you know, you know, doing these things, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I loved her as well to protect her from my father. If that makes sense,
0: it does. Now, was (laughs) your mother
1: was my half sister? So that's, that was you know, the other part of it. She hated me at the same time too because um, my father treated me and my younger sister um, differently than he treated um, her. So she was the one to get in trouble quick, quicker than me or my little sister.
0: You guys shared the same father?
1: We shared the same mother.
0: You guys shared the same mother, so okay. So you guys all had the same mother. And was this man your biological father or hers?
1: Yes, mine.
0: He was your biological father.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where's your mother throughout all this, during all these abusive episodes?
1: Wow, so she worked um, at 5... Like she, w- I remember mom getting up at like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning to be at work. Um, she worked um, at the airport in a rental car facility and she was always working. she was the bright winner of the house
0: <laughs> so you're witnessing your father abusing your older sister was he sexually abusing her as well or do you not know
1: I yeah I don't think that he he was um, she never said that and I never saw that
0: Okay, and the only reason I ask is because it's peculiar that she was acting out toward you but of course the human brain does some crazy things it doesn't always have to be a tit for a tat so she was being abused yeah. in some form by your father and you believe that that was causing her to then lash out and abuse you, you were you were the, the helpless victim in that uh, role just like she was with the father
1: yes um you know, she, I did get a chance to confront her about it um, and just, you know, let her, you know, like, confront her about it, like, and um, she mentioned that, you know, she was being abused from, from um, another person, like, another boy, and who was, you know, forcing her to do things and, um, she just took, she started, um, I guess having these feelings in her body. And so she wanted to explore with me. And so, mm. um, I let her know that it was something that really, 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 um, messed me up. Um, you know, just my mental, uh, psyche just dealing with, um, life thereafter because when things started happening I felt like at first I remember having that um, innocent feeling at five I was like you know hey I'm running around I'm free I'm innocent you know just like you see little girls running around they're able to just, you know just no worries in the world no cares and I didn't feel that way like thereafter because um, she had taken that from me and I felt um withdrawn, I didn't feel you know as bold to go out and just um smile and say hi to people um because I was afraid that of other people then after that like what what are they gonna do are they mean like just like her are they gonna do things to me just like her like you know and so it was that that really um changed my life and um i, I felt ashamed mm. um I felt, I was, you know, um, I just didn't feel innocent. I felt nasty. I felt naked almost. It's kind of like we walk around, everyone can see my secret, you know, Mm. um, that I don't know who to tell and how to stop it.
0: God, I am so sorry to hear that. That is is absolutely uh, devastating to even have to listen to this, I have to tell you. I can't imagine what it was to live this every single day and then carry it with you and be confused. Did this have an impact as you got into your teenage years? I, I, how could it not? But if you would shine some light on it, um, did this have an impact into uh, your sexuality and your feelings about uh, boys or girls or the whole thing? I mean, was it, was it always scary and confusing? Yeah,
1: so I did go through bouts of, like, I... I I was bullied and teased and so I really just didn't have thoughts towards anybody. Like, I liked boys, right? And I think, oh, that boy is cute and I'd have a crush on him. But it wasn't as if I would ever try or attempt <laughs> or tell anybody. Um, and so I just kind of kept to myself um, and away from the kids, especially the popular ones who would target me. Um and I just kind of played. I would play in the playground. I remember in elementary school; they'd be throwing rocks at me because we were very poor. So um, they would tease me for my clothes, or if I had holes in my shoes, or my flaps on the bottom of my soles were, um, you know, worn, and they'd be flapping. And like it was just a lot of stuff that they teased me for, and it was it wasn't easy. So I kind of just stayed to myself during school. Hmm. Um, and um you know i just I you, were, don't know. you were you I just, were withdrawn you ultimately were, it got to me
0: yeah whether you knew it or not, i mean you probably had no idea what it was back then looking back now it's probably a yeah. lot clearer to you like oh okay no wonder why everything was mm-hmm. so was always so f- cloudy and foggy and withdrawn and anxious and probably just yeah. a, t- a lot of uncomfortable feelings when at what age? What so? Fast forward on this thing with your sister, because I'm just curious on how this dynamic unfolds. You guys live, grow up in the same house all the way through your teenage years.
1: Um, no, actually, um, the worst my one of my worst fears came true. Not well, not the worst, but um, that my dad would really, really hurt her one day and he did, me and my um, younger sister, unfortunately, had to watch him hit her um, three times. He punched her in the face, and we saw her drop to the ground and drag her out by her hair and um, kicked her out of the house. um, I think she was, like, about 16, and then that was the last time that we had saw her. Um, So that was really hard um she didn't deserve that all she was looking ever looking for was love and attention and for to feel accepted
0: why did your dad have such ill will toward his stepdaughter
1: I'm not sure what's wrong with my father and I'm not sure what was wrong back then or what he was dealing with I mean he has he has since apologized but I'm not sure what he ever dealt with um he never really shared um So I I can't tell you, to me as an adult, I just feel like there was a lot of anger that um, from my father that I had to endure that um, caused anger within my heart towards him um, as a a child to see him do these things to my sister and um, on occasion to myself. when he would just lose control and hit me with the belt in my face, in my back, wherever the belt landed, that's where it it hit. And I'm hiding, and I had lots of anxiety. Um, I don't think he understood, um, you know, the the anxiety, the hurt, the the pain that he was inflicting on me and and my sister's.
0: When did we literally you, lived in fear. W- when did you confront your older sister about the, the the conversation you said you had with her at some point where you said, you know, you really screwed me up? Was that like when you guys were teenagers? How how long after the six, seven year old phase was that?
1: I was twenty three.
0: You were twenty three? Um, I was twenty
1: three.
0: So you mm-hmm. haven't seen her you haven't seen her since she was kicked out, but you've talked to her?
1: Um, so the last day I saw her was in 2000 and actually uh, it was 1999 because it was right before um, the new year and it's when I had run away and I'd run away on the same Greyhound bus that she caught back to Texas because my dad was kicking her out of the house again because she had come back to live with us. Um, but it was no different. Like, this time, he didn't touch her or hit her or anything, but he kicked her out of the house, because I think he felt bad at, like, what he did at 16. So he, she was having a hard time, she just had a baby, so he accepted her back into the house, and then he kicked her out again. (laughs) So I got angry at that, and that's ultimately why I ended up, you know, running away. But, yeah, um that was really hard and um, I, that was the last time I had talked to her was after that
0: I thought you said I lost touch after that I, I thought you said when she was kicked out that was the last time you had, had seen her
1: oh no I'm sorry then I didn't hear you the, la- the last time I had see, like basically when she got kicked out at 16 mm-hmm. um, I didn't see her again until she came to live with us for like I it had to be not even 3 months because um, it was my senior year in high school and then she was kicked out again, and I got upset with my father for, for kicking her out again, but she had nowhere to go, and um, I ran away to Texas.
0: When you confronted her at 23 years old, I mean, this is years later. How do you know where she is?
1: She's in prison.
0: How at 23 years old did you know where she was at 20, when she was, like, 29?
1: Because she was in prison.
0: <laughs> okay, so you were able my to... My mom
1: com- always... Yeah, my parents... Yeah, we knew she got it was all over the news we knew she got arrested she went to prison
0: so when you communicated with her at that age it was through a prison uh, like a screen or something like that on the phone?
1: no I wrote her a letter
0: oh you wrote her a letter
1: yeah and she um, communicated um, back you know to me um, in a letter um, you know apologizing
0: so she took ownership for the you know these heinous acts that were committed many, many years ago.
1: She did. And when she did that, um, I do think it's important to point this out is that she validated then all of my feelings um, like about the situation and what she did, and when she took ownership. And once she did that, there was a huge release. Um, and she took it a step further, um, because my parents addressed her about it, and she admitted ownership, and she um, apologized and you know explained where she was at and what was happening to her at the time. So I always say that that's her story to tell, but it's just something that I after I was able to somewhat understand and identify, um, I was able to let it go. Mm -hmm. and able to move on um, with life and coexisting with her as my sister.
0: For somebody that's listening to this that might have experienced something similar, maybe they're young in their life still, maybe they're in their adult lives, it doesn't matter. uh, What type of advice do you give to somebody that has never fully addressed something heinous that has happened to them in their childhood? what would you say that they need to do?
1: Um, well, um, there are a couple of things, um, a couple of steps that I personally took. Um, I had to acknowledge that I was actually, um, that something was wrong and that um, that it was something I needed to address. And once I acknowledged it, um, and I'm sorry, let me back up, I had to recognize that there was a problem, like there was an issue that I was depressed. And then I had to acknowledge and accept it um, um, because I was in denial for a very long time. Um, and then after I I accepted that, okay, this is happening and I need to address it, um, I had to then identify what my problem was, like where the source there lied, um, you know, why was I depressed? Why was I in pain? Why was I not, you know, not wanting to go out and socialize? Why was, <laughs> why are all these emotions um, taking me on a roller coaster here? And then once I identified it, I had to then understand it. And I think that was the point that I reached out to my sister. Um, I needed to understand the why. Like, why did you do this? Do you understand that it, you know, did this, you know, to me and that and. Um, it's ruined you know this part of my life and this and um, once I heard back um, and I understood because I think sometimes um, the cycle stops there for a lot of people they can't they don't get validation they don't get answers that they need they don't get the why and so it stops and um, you can't move on from there Um. But I say to those people, even um, even if you can't understand the why, know the present and know where you are, and you'll be able to move on to the next step that I took for myself, which was once I understood the why, then I could forgive. I had to forgive myself because I used to beat myself up a lot. Why can't I just tell mom? Why can't I just be, you know, strong enough to just say something? You know, why couldn't? I just fight her enough and I'm like, why, 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 you know? I would beat myself up about it, but I have to forgive myself. So I ended up forgiving myself and I ended up forgiving the person, which was her, um, and just other people in my life who have hurt me. And once I was able to do that, then that release happened and I was able to move Because guess what? I don't have that weighing on my shoulders anymore. And I can actually move forward, and I can actually live. And I can live shameless, and I can live fearless. And that's what I want to empower everyone to know, that they can live shameless and fearless and be free and experience joy. Um, And you can't forget about um, just... You know prayer and meditation and just making sure that um you know you're centering yourself and loving yourself and that's where it all
0: starts that is really powerful and beautifully said so in your adult life now you've have you shared this have you created these women's help groups What what are some things that you can do to put this this type of sharing in action
1: um so right now we're just getting started um I started by at least sharing my story in my book and one of the things I wanted to do simultaneously which um, (laughs) I remember my publisher was saying like that's not normal (laughs) Um, like but we love it you know because when you have a memoir come out you haven't really heard a memoir with a workbook (laughs) and so I wanted to come out with a workbook to my memoir for those who are willing to really um, take a deeper dive um, to see, hey, you know, have I experienced trauma? You know, what what could be bothering me? And so this is something that in the workbook, I explain kind of the steps that I just explained that I took and I asked the questions that I had to ask myself um, and give um, readers a chance to um, take notes. Um, I provided a journal um, on my website um, just as an encouragement tool for them to use because I had to write a lot. Um, I wrote down a lot of stuff. As it came to my head, I wrote it down because that's a form of release. Yes. Um, I use outlets, like coloring, and just stuff like that that just helps me. Um, I personally, you know, have my Bible study every morning and I just, I, I read to understand. That helps me, you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot a lot of things that i I want to start doing, but the workbook was the start, and then just talking to people, just like you, um, Nate. That you know, getting my story out there and hoping anyone who's listening um, is triggered to actually, you know, read my story and then be inspired to now deal, you know, talk about their story, now share their story.
0: Oh, that is uh, that's fantastic. That is, uh, geez, I just can't believe what you had to go through. and was, you, we, we need six hours to talk about all of this stuff. Uh, and that's probably still not even enough. You, you forgave your sister. What mm-hmm. about your father? What, how did you address him into your adult life?
1: So, I like to be transparent. Um, to this day, I still don't have the best relationship with my father. Um, that's something that, you know, I'm just leaving in God's hands because... Um, he, you know, it's it's a unique situation. It's just something I'm constantly preying on. Um, but, of course, with this book being released, it's probably um, gonna take a minute for him to process. Mm-hmm. And so, I never got a chance to, like, say these things um, without me personally feeling as if, you know, him just blowing them off you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, you're <laughs> dismissing my feelings like they were nothing. So, um, I never fully felt a relief, um, to be able to move forward with, with him and just release that. So that's something that's still in the works and hopefully in part two I can say me and him are on the right track.
0: Are uh, your parents still married?
1: They are. Uh, this, it'll, they'll have a 40th anniversary this year.
0: And what does your mother say about all of this?
1: Um, she, I mean, she's still kind of all you know already consults. Um, or she, um, being married 40 years, she is in line with my father, but she. She holds her ground, but she, it's like she still has to support
0: him because that's her husband. Right, right. That's got to be an interesting position to be in, to say the least. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, well, and, and and then just to kind of, before we finish off here, a, a theme that I'm taking away from this too, Bertie, is, is that the anticipation, you know how they say the anticipation is always worse than the act itself? And it seems like... So often, I talk to people like you that have gone through trauma or something that they're shameful of. Like you said, you felt like everyone was staring at you and they knew your secret, they knew your dirty laundry, all whatever. Mm-hmm. And then once you release it and you share it and you're open, it seems to just be like the shackles are like you were so scared of something that ultimately makes you feel so good and, and liberated, correct? Yes can you talk yes, about, I can think you, it's can Mary you...
1: Mary that sings yeah it's, it's Mary Mary that sings this song that I fell in love with that I wanted to feel the freedom that I'm talking to you today about and it was <clears throat> excuse me <laughs> I'm trying not to get emotional but it's like <laughs> I wanted it for so long and um it's called uh, shackles they say take the shackles off my um Feet so I can dance, and um, I'm like, man, I just want to be able to dance and and live free, and just not feel all of this. It was like a burden um, that was just on me, and I was, co- you know, just constantly struggling and fighting depression and feeling sick, and you know, um, not feeling well all the time. And and man, I mean, I have. <laughs> I haven't been sick in like three years. I'm not saying like, of course, like it probably has a lot to do, I'm working out, I'm eating healthy, (laughs) but at the same time, it's like I I can really say that I'm living, like my stress levels from what it was before I released everything um, to now are tremendously
0: different. Through the storm of early trauma, healing and overcoming, Uh, the book by birdie lynn has been released uh as recent as i think just last week and uh we will link it up in the show notes birdie again thank you so much for being vulnerable being raw and open i know it's still not easy to share but uh next time i next time i hear dance with somebody by whitney houston i will definitely be thinking of you (laughs) and you know what (laughs) and birdie i hope you do i hope you dance the the rest of your life nothing but happiness health success continued blessings
1: Thank you, you too, you as well.